What's up, guys? Before we start the podcast, I want to share a quick PSA. If there is one mobility technique that you could introduce into your life this coming year that would be the longest lever to create change in your health and also your longevity, it would hands down be spending just a few minutes each day moving around on the ground. For that reason, I'll be leading a five-day floor sitting challenge beginning January 5th. It is just five minutes a day to reintroduce one of the healthiest movement practices you could possibly engage in. Western culture has really screwed the pooch on this one with our chronic repetitive chair sitting. The chair itself is not a problem. It's the way in which we sit on the chair and the frequency that we do it. Ever since we were dropped into kindergarten and grade school, we went from naturally and passively circulating our vital fluids and mobilizing our connective tissue just through our daily lifestyle. So what this five-day challenge is about is about reintroducing these fundamental movement patterns into your daily life for strength, flexibility, longevity, and also community because we're going to do it together. So if you want to do that, join me and us over at alignpodcast.com slash 555. It is completely free, no credit cards, no nothing, just community and reintroducing some healthy movement patterns into your year in 2023. I'll also be teaching you five different ways to get up and down off of the ground effectively, as well as five effective ways to sit on the ground that are also comfortable. If this feels like a fit to you, I look forward to seeing you guys there. It's alignpodcast.com slash 555. Welcome back to the Align Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander, and this is a place that we bring together the world's leading experts in all things health and wellness to help you optimize your mind, body, and movement. This episode is with my good friend, Laureen Kren. Laureen is one of the world's leading experts on intimacy, how to develop that within yourself, within relationships, and also the concept of polarity, masculine and feminine polarity. These are concepts that historically I would be a little bit resistant around using terminology like that, uh, but I think it is just absolutely invaluable because there is no greater education um, and deep healing, I would say, work that a person can engage with um, beyond developing intimacy with oneself and particularly through the reflection of uh, an intimate partner, I would say. Uh, so that is what this conversation is about. Uh, it is, I would say, quite vulnerable and quite piercing. It uh, gets into deeper aspects of myself, uh, which I really am just so grateful to have the opportunity to get to share with people like Laureen and hear feedback and um, just be able to get to connect and have the reflection of someone like him. So I hope that it is supportive for you in your own relationship journey. Um, and uh, I hope you guys really enjoy this conversation. I want to thank you guys for leaving us reviews wherever you listen to this. I want to read one from Josh Christ, uh, five-star review. They say, energizing and inspiring, regardless of where you are on the journey to align your inner and outer world. This is a must listen. Uh, so thank you so much, Josh. Uh, thank you, anybody, for leaving us reviews. Thank you for subscribing to this podcast so you can get each week's episodes. And I uh, hope you guys absolutely devour this conversation. I hope it is supportive in your own relationship journey. Let's get to it. Laureen Kren, thank you for coming back. How are you? I'm really good and I'm really glad to be back, my brother. I'm really yeah, pumped for I, going deep. I, I So I, I recently um, have had some new awareness around 
what the function of a relationship is, which I don't think I ever understood <sighs> in an embodied way what a relationship is. And uh, yeah, the the new awareness of what a relationship is to me is I, I realized that it is, I think, the deepest, most sacred, most transformational um, ceremony of sorts or process a human can go through for deep healing and self-work. Um, wh what do you think about that? Is that does that sound accurate? Am I am I overspeaking? I couldn't agree more, brother. I I I always like to say. Um, relationships are the highest spiritual path. And with that, I'm not trying to create a comparison and to say, hey, this is superior or anything like this. All paths, there are infinite paths leading us to, leading us home, leading us to a higher level of consciousness or awakening, whatever we want to label it. But I see relationships as, the, as one of the most profound spiritual paths we can take. It is because through the mirror of our relationship, it's just everything is being revealed to us. I like to say, maybe this is a really powerful thing for the listeners to hear. I like to say a conscious relationship is like an amplifier. It amplifies everything that is within you. Hmm. The good, the bad, and the ugly, so to speak. And now, not using this language, we could say it amplifies the, the love, the joy, the fulfillment within you, but it also amplifies the wounds, the traumas, to be mm. brought to the light, to be healed and worked through. Mm. And I have just, n n I've just found nothing that I've, I've just never experienced something that gives you such a crystal clear mirror as a relationship. Yeah, I, I realize that I have been too, um, I think, afraid and closed down in ways that I didn't know. You know, so you don't, you don't know what you don't know. And so I think that my experience in relationships to you know, the degree that I've, I've been able to experience, which has been pretty minimal because I think I've been more closed down than, than I, I realized, hmm. um, is I, I, I'm, 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 I'm just stumbling into how closed down I've, I've been and how afraid I've been and how um, I've kind of been keeping myself at a distance for my whole life and in that keeping myself at a distance from being willing to open my heart to be in relation to another uh, I think that distance is reciprocal to, to my distance to myself and my capacity to be in relationship with myself and be in love with myself and just like trusting to open my heart to love and these are things that I think uh, you know I don't know even a few months ago I had resistance around the idea of like speaking from your heart and opening your heart and things. I'm like, I'm like, okay, come on, bro. You know, let's talk <laughs> some science, man. And now I'm like, no, like that's, that's about, for me, that's about the appropriate language for it. You know, and so that, that's something that I've, I've, I've stumbled into through relationship, the awareness of how afraid I've been. And through the reflection of relationship, it's opened me up to realizing like how much deep work I need to do. And so I, I you know, I, I'd be curious from your experience and, and lens, like how does a, a person start to gain the awareness of how open to love with a partner and with themselves and with life they are 
like first, like where are we at? What's what's our our heart based self assessment? You know, to have a baseline of like, okay, look, this is me. Mm-hmm. You know, and then how does a person start to lean into opening up space to allow love in? I think this is this might be one of the most profound questions I've ever heard in my entire life. And the reason why it's such a profound question is because it's so subtle. Because as you said there yourself, you're a man doing the deep work and 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 you have this kind of, I like to call it sometimes shocking awareness in relationships. <laughs> That's a way how I label it, where you're like, okay, yeah, you, you're doing the work and you're doing all of this. And then suddenly you realize, whoa, fuck, this is how I've been showing up. You have these really radical insights and awarenesses that in some instances can be extremely painful to look at, really challenging. Like there is a resistance in our entire body in a sense of, oh, no, no, that's not me. That can't be me. When we look deeper, we notice, oh, yes, that is part of me or part of how I've been showing up. So the question you ask is an extremely deep one. And I guess the challenge is that people need to have this embodied experience before they can even relate to this question. They need to have the embodied experience of, oh, wow, this is how I've been showing up. These are the, maybe better to say, they need to have the embodied experience of the consequences of closing, contracting, or withdrawing their love in any shape or form. I'm not talking about in a gigantic way where it's extremely obvious, but I'm talking about in the subtle way, in Mm. the subtle way. And that's that's what I believe a conscious or great relationship does. It does it shows you in this in a very very subtle way where are you still holding back, where are you holding your love back, where are you closing down, where are you shutting down? And the thing is, this it's so it's so easy to maybe bypass is the wrong word. But it's so easy because it's so subtle, it's so easy to kind of avoid it, to push it away and to not have to face it because it's not like this clear logical thing and someone can tell you, oh, you know what, Aaron, you've been a little bit tiny closing and withdrawing uh, 2% of your love from your heart or something. Like that. No one, it's, it's like, it's not logical. It's not in the sense of like, ah, yeah, someone can explain clearly what's going on. It's at such a subtle level, and that's why it's such a profound question. I hope that my answer is practical enough to that question, but it is very, very challenging to answer it, definitely, because it needs that embodied realization. And perhaps the most practical way is what I mentioned before. It is when when we are being shown the consequences of any closure of our heart, any withdrawing, of our love, any any ways we're showing up that is creating disconnect or or that is sabotaging the potential of deep and safe intimacy. So, I've been doing. Uh, I start. I've done therapy in the past, but I've never been really available for it. You know, it's like the you know the teacher comes when the student's ready. You know, mm-hmm. or you could read a book a thousand times and you read it differently each time because you're a different person reading the book. Yes. And so I've I've been going through some. I think really uh, like meaningful uh, somatically based talk therapy. And that's the thing that I've found to be really valuable particularly is it's not just talking ourselves into these like intellectual <laughs> of what's happening. They're like, ah, oh, I understand the story. It's like, great. You understand the story. 
you know, or you've explained the story, but the, the meaning of explain is to, to flatten out, you know, explain, like plain, but it's still not actually penetrating. It's still not actually embodied. You're still not actually speaking from a place or feeling from a place in your, in your, you know, from the body. And that's something that I've stumbled into with that. Uh, the combination of relationship, the combination of I just did this thing, a darkness retreat, you sit alone with yourself for a while in a dark room. Um, and it's it's opened up awareness of how disconnected or maybe you could I could say like dislocated I have been in my my adult body has been from my my childhood hmm. and uh, I wonder if, if from your lens just do you have any suggestions of how a person can do their own internal work to integrate their parts from their past into their adult body to be able to, again, assess where am I at, um, you know, and then start to soften and open up to be more available for love. I think it's kind of like a reframe of the last question. Yeah. Um, but so particular doesn't need to be tools, but just like, how does a person start to get into those perhaps disconnected frozen parts of their childhood to start to open up into their present day adult relationship yeah. from your perspective there are many approaches to this but what i am most interest interested in is cutting to the core and looking at exactly putting all the emphasis on how is this showing up right now in your intimate life as an adult because as you mentioned before we can write books about our it's very important to identify childhood trauma it's very important to identify our core wounds i mean if we have zero awareness of it nothing is going to come from that right we first awareness is the first step to healing always yeah but sometimes we put so much emphasis on the past and trying to figure it out and finding identifying every little thing about it and then what happens is what i call in shadow work the big trap of shadow work and the big trap is becoming aware of everything and then not doing anything about it or not moving into conscious action which actually know, knowing knowing how to do anything about it i think is the thing i, I think most people mean well you know like we want yes. to do the thing but we don't it's it's very humbling to accept that at a deep core level uh you are probably afraid yes. or, or maybe not you but i am am, am afraid <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely, and it's. It, I like to say when you do the when you do the shadow work and you're aware of everything, and then you don't move into conscious action, you will experience even more suffering in in yeah. your life, right? And and an example is um, um, yeah, an example is someone who, I, I've experienced this once um someone who knew everything about their trauma, everything about their attachment, they would know exactly they're in the same situation with the same personal relationship. They would know exactly how their attachment is showing up, but they would not do anything about it. And again, there is no judgment. There is no shaming about it, but it's always awareness and then creating practical changes in our lives, which is the most important step. So, and now to answer this more in depth, it's the first step to identify, okay, where could this be coming from? But then the next step is, is looking exactly, okay, how is this showing up in my relationship? How is this showing up in that very moment? And in that moment, when we notice it, 
that's when the work needs to be done. And sometimes we won't notice it and it will take a little while for us to regain awareness. I call this when we're hijacked by the shadow. And then at some point we regain awareness or consciousness and realize, wow, this is how I've been showing up for the last 10 minutes, arguing or or showing up in a disconnected way, or this is how I've been showing up for the last few hours. And then we move into a state of um, creating connection. Um, and then owning whatever has been showing up. And the more we start to do this work, the quicker and more rapidly we're able to see whatever is coming up. Like some, like we could call it shadow, we can call it wound, whatever that is that is arising. And the moment we notice it before we immediately react, right? That is when, when the game changer happens. That the way I, I call it the process of the shadow or wounds hijacking us is step number one is some form of negative thought. Um, step number two is creating a story around the negative thought. Step number three, um, our body starts to become, starts to react. Our nervous system starts to react to that thought, to that story, to that thought. And step number four, our body and our voice and everything, our tonality is now projecting that wound on the other, creating conflict, creating suffering, sabotaging. Right. And but most of us are not even aware that these several steps are happening. And as you do the work, you become aware of the thought. Boom. And it's very it's it's much easier in that moment to regain consciousness. Uh, if you're already your entire body is projecting, it's more challenging and it's a journey. It's an ongoing journey. I'd like to take a moment and share something that has been massively supportive for my cognitive function and also my taste buds. That is Kala Genius from Bioptimizers. I love putting this stuff in my coffee. If you're a person that is dealing with brain fog, has difficulty focusing, recalling names, dates, where you left things, and things of the sort, I think listen up because this stuff, it really works and it's incredibly delicious. It combines collagen, cacao, and four different types of mushrooms. Those are lion's mane, reishi, cordyceps, and chaga. This cutting edge blend fights brain fog, helps repair your brain, improve your ability to focus, and boosts something called BDNF, which stands for brain-derived neurotrophic factor, which supports improved learning and memory power. After drinking a serving of Collagenius, you will feel more calm, alert, energized, and it is incredibly supportive for just general clarity of thought. I really enjoy the way I feel after it. If you guys want to get yourself a 10% discount and try the stuff, which they have a one-year money-back guarantee if you don't absolutely love it. If you don't feel the difference, get your money back. I implore you, uh, but I think you're really going to like it. Uh, you can go to newtopia.com slash aligngenius. That's N-O-O-T-O-P-I-A dot com slash aligngenius. A-L-I-G-N-G-E-N-I-U-S. You can use Align 10 at checkout to get any Buy Optimizers product um, at a 10% discount. This stuff is delicious. I love putting it in my coffee every morning. I am a really big fan of it. It's just, it just tastes good. It makes me feel good. Uh, and you get yourself 10% off by going to newtopia.com slash aligngenius. Align10 at checkout for 10% on any product from Bioptimizers. Yeah. Yeah. I, something that I know that I have... Um, I, I feel like I historically have had this interesting, like hungry ghost type energy, which is like a Buddhist concept. And it's like a mythological creature. He's, they have uh, a very narrow gullet and then this big belly and this like insatiable appetite. 
and I've had that with connection and like love and mm-hmm. acceptance and validation, um, but never actually really feeling satiated because I didn't realize that there was actually, in fact, a like a, a block or, or blockages. And I've been now really like, I think, deeply leaning into that. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I don't want to um, sabotage myself anymore. You know, I think that coming to that, that place of awareness and then coming to that place of like, for, I think for a, a man or for me accepting, like I need help is something that it doesn't feel very like on the face masculine, but I think in actuality, it's actually wildly masculine. Mm. So getting to that point of, of humbling one's self and surrendering and opening up to vulnerability that's like a, a real process. <laughs> Brother, beautifully said, and I, and I honor your vulnerability here. It goes against our generational trauma of uh, the generational trauma of men. But I, I agree. It's wildly, wildly the most masculine, powerful thing that can be done because that's where true growth happens. And you, everyone will notice, every man listening to this, when you come from a place of... Um, humbling yourself just like Aaron shared and saying I need help with this and I can't figure this out and solve it on my own that will be actually attractive to the feminine not that we're doing this to be attractive to the feminine but it will have the quite opposite effect than what our generational trauma or our conditioning about what it means to be a man is trying to tell us yeah so I I wonder within something I've experienced within relationships you know when if you or if I do stumble into some area that's like, you know, a quote unquote trigger and you can feel it in your body and it's, you know, you feel your blood pressure raising and you feel like all the things, I think that the common tendency would be to put up the defense mechanisms that have been developed, you know, over the years and are probably highly effective. And what I find is what that does is it just continues perpetuating the past i I believe Hmm. and and i think that that that, that's not an absolute but i i wonder from your perspective of when a person is in with themselves or in relationship or maybe business or anything and they're like oh this is like oh it's making me feel all the things what what is that exactly is it is it a is that like deep inner old hurts and wounds perhaps surfacing, presenting themselves or presenting you with the opportunity to, to heal and purge? Is that just your body saying, you know, this isn't good, stop, shut it down? Is this um, just a natural fight, flight, you know, sciencey thing? You know, when, 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 we're, when we're getting into, when we're getting into it, you know, yeah. we're feeling all the ways. Yeah. Um, like what is, what, what is emotion, emotion surfacing? Is it an opportunity? Is it just annoying? Great question. No, really great question. Um, it depends. It depends. And you said it there yourself already. It depends. It, it might be, um, it's, it's a very good one because emotion can be, can be a sign of a sense of warning signal to us 
it can be a warning in the sense of let's say you're preparing to go on stage or something like that and you you didn't prepare anything properly <laughs> and you start to feel anxiety and nervousness strong anxiety and nervousness two days before like an incredible strong feeling of a wave of intensity coming over you and that might just be a warning in the sense of whoa prepare you know focus get your become present, focus, and and make sure that you're well prepared or make sure that what, whatever it is um, needs to be done could be any example, right? But then there are other times where, for instance, when, a, uh, when someone, when two people are experiencing deep intimacy and they're experiencing immensely profound love and, and connection, and it doesn't have to be sex, right? It could be anything, a deeply intimate conversation, but something that touches both their hearts. And now one of them starts to feel anxiety, fear, and um, wants to run away. And <laughs> that is definitely not a warning signal that it's not the right container, because deep down, that is what I argue, or I would say, we all want deep, safe, beautifully connected, loving intimacy at, at all levels. And when this is a common error then that we say oh wow this is a sign that this is not the right thing and while in truth it might just be that um in the past and this goes to what you have shared our childhood trauma things from the past let's say you have seen your parents um you have seen your parents divorce fairly early on um, and all the role models and conditioning you've received about relationships is that relationships don't last they don't go deep they're very on a very superficial level. And then you experience this deep and profound intimacy and you feel this deep love for another person. And now your nervous system, your body, your heart is not used to a reality like that. The familiar, and because the thing is, what is familiar seems safe to our body and nervous system, while in truth it might be a lot of suffering. But still, it's familiar to us. Yeah. Familiar is to us. We don't go deep, surface level. And, and that's it. And then suddenly you go deep and it's like, whoa, that's, that's uncertain. That's un uncertain. That's uncertain territory. And that causes this anxiety. And this is so common. People then run and find all kinds of excuses, right? Why it's not the right thing. While in truth, they're just, um, they're just running from themselves ultimately. Mm -hmm. And, and also this is just something from the past that would naturally dissipate and dissolve you mentioned it before, if you learn to ground, surrender, and relax your body in these moments. And I call this recultivating or cultivating the capacity to teach your body that love is safe, that deep and safe intimacy is safe. Because you know this at a conscious level, but at a subconscious level, you might not know it. Yeah. 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 That, I mean, that, yeah, that feels about right. Um so for a, say a couple or just an individual, cause ultimately you're in relationship with yourself, uh, or it could be a business thing or it could, you know, I think it's, it's all relationships, but it seems like the intimate relationships are really the ones that <laughs> go to the, the root. Yes. It, it feels. Um, so when a, let's just say for a, a intimate relationship, when the couple is going through something where they are feeling that, that welling up and it feels like it's maybe too much. Um, what is your suggestions to utilize that quote unquote trigger to actually 
turn into healing. Mm-hmm. What I like to say here is the one of the most important things that we need to do in a relationship is to protect our partner from our own shadow and wounds. And this is so often overlooked. We, we, we give ourselves the illusions that we're doing so much and we are um, taking care, we're, we're, we're connecting or we're showing up powerfully in a relationship. It's a very tough pill to swallow, but we're not ultimately often protecting our partner from our own wounding and from our own shadow, from our own projections. So if we really, really, really want to make a relationship work, we really want to connect and heal together, then we have to literally protect our partner from, um, from, from the shadow and from the wounding within us. Now, how does that look like? Some people might now be a fuck. I need to get rid of all my wounds. I need to heal all of them. But um, that's not the approach I like to go with because we're humans. And as long as we're here, we have got something to heal. As long as we're breathing, we have got something to heal. There is a, there is a lesson to be learned. There is something to be integrated. So this is a never-ending journey. And it's not supposed to be ending. Well, at some point it ends. You die. But until you die, I say there is always something to heal. There is always something to learn. There is always something to integrate. So protecting our partner does not mean that we get rid of our wounds. It means, for and foremost, that um, in the moment when we are triggered getting practical now or in that moment when very challenging emotions are arising within us we can just let our partner know where we are at this goes back to the whole vulnerability conversation but it, it, it's 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 subtle they're subtle it's suddenly nuanced because vulnerability can quickly become an excuse to be whiny and to complain and to vent and um Sharing with your partner your heart, sharing, because you mentioned this before, sharing your heart, opening your heart has nothing to do with, oh, I'm so fucked. This is so intense. I can't take it anymore. Oh my God, what do I do now? That's not sharing your heart. That's going into a frantic energy and giving your partner the burden of somewhat having to regulate the situation right now or or, or, or having to carry the burden of your emotional intensity in that moment sounds like you could maybe put a label as like shadow vulnerability yeah that. i like that yeah. <laughs> like we think of vulnerability especially i think you know in 2022 vulnerability is trending on you know social media and it's like oh yeah cool like people you get a lot of hearts for being vulnerable let's do vulnerability yes but there's there's it's not just vulnerability isn't just vulnerability is vulnerability it's like there's there's layers and nuance to that as well and a person can get themselves selves stuck in this endless woe is me cycle that seems like vulnerability, but in fact is actually just another defense mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. That's really powerfully explained, brother. Yeah. Another defense mechanism. I like that. That's a very powerful way to look at it. Um, absolutely. And an example now how this could show up is we might say to our partner, an example for, for men, what they can say to their woman is, Baby, most likely you can feel it already because the, the women are having, are incredible at sensing. I, I, I go as far as my woman can often sense it. And this is for most people the case. My woman can sometimes sense it even before me that right. there is something going on inside me. So she will be sharing something with me. And I'll be like, no, there is nothing. But then realizing, oh, wow, 
there is something, there is something alive at whatever subtle level that might be. And something as powerful as very simple, that's vulnerability, that's sharing your heart, that's opening your heart. But there comes the important thing of responsibility and ownership, right? And that is, hey, baby, you can feel it most likely already, but right now my shadow is very active. I just wanted to know that this is going on right now. Hmm. Dot, dot, no drama story, no going into victim mentality. Hmm. Um, or perhaps you want to add to this, what I need right now is just 10, 15 minutes for myself. I'll come back and we'll connect even deeper again. Something you might, if you want, if you feel like you need to do that, but in some situations that might not be possible, you might be in the car driving, right? <laughs> and you can't take a breather in that moment. So it's all about, and this is a way how we can protect our partner from our own shadow. We, and this is what it means to share and open our heart. But there is always the piece of um, responsibility and, mm -hmm. and ownership because it is our own thing. If it's coming within us, if there is whatever challenging emotionality or emotions that are arising, it is within us. And, and when it's coming from us, we need to take responsibility for it. Do you have any suggestions for a person to be able to access? I mean, this is almost like a like a Cohen of a question in a way, or uh, because it's it'd probably be pretty hard just to do on your own, but be able to access the parts from one's let's call it childhood that you have been disconnected from and they are now I, I, I my my experience perspective on that is if there's parts that are repressed from childhood that you kind of like okay this is too much I'm going to kind of just you know block this out and skip this my feeling is that that aspect of yourself um, stops maturing from that point and it feels almost like that seven-year-old boy or girl or 16-year-old or five-year-old or whatever, almost it feels like there's almost like a freeze. Mm. And now they're still there. And my feeling is almost as though those different versions of our, our childhood selves, they all need to be recognized and they all need to be connected with and they all need, they all need just love. They just need love, you know, and they need acknowledgement. Um, how does a person start the process of i'm asking the same question again for the third time essentially not because you're not answering it but i still i want to like just keep on drilling at that like how does a person start to gain relationship to those possibly frozen parts of their past that are now unconsciously seeping into their relationships hmm. Hmm. Unless that's not an accurate description, in which case, like, please, like, you know, reframe or change. Yeah, or yeah. No, I, it is. I would say it is accurate, and um, there are so many ways to to approach this and to and to refer to it. We can. I, I like to say we can use whatever terminal terminology, right? Um, we can exchange. We can change, replace so many words. In the end, it all. Yes, please. I'm going to take a moment and share one of my absolute favorite recovery protocols that is cold plunging. What I love about cold plunging is it's great for metabolism. It's great for the development of brown adipose tissue, which is more metabolically efficient than white, aka your like blubbery fat stuff that we're familiar with. 
Um, it is great for mood enhancement, great for cognitive clarity. Uh, my present go-to cold plunge that I'm utilizing at my own house is the ice barrel. The reason being, I can put it out on my porch and it sits vertically which is rad. So it sits vertically, which means it can it can fit into smaller places. Uh, I can move it around quite easily when it's empty, which is fantastic. So I can take it to an event if I would like to as well. Um, and it's great, it's beautiful. It's got nice little steps you can step up into it. I think it's cool. If you guys wanna get yourself $125 off your own ice barrel, you can jump over to icebarrel.com slash align. That's I-C-E-B-A-R-R-E-L.com slash align if you do not love the ice barrel. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied with your purchase, get your money back, no questions asked, no big deal. Uh, and also you get $125 off your purchase. So jump over to icebarrel.com slash line if you want to start integrating a cold plunging protocol into your own life. Can I, can I ask, so, and then, and then I, I wonder as, as well, I'm so sorry for interrupting you, but I wonder as well, it seems to me perhaps almost like when you do end up going into some type of, um, experience of maybe what would be conceived as like sabotage. Yeah. You know, where you're, you're, you're essentially creating trauma. I wonder if almost in a way it's like those old versions of yourself that like lost boy or lost girl, frozen boy or girl dislocated is almost like, like trying to come out in a way. Yeah. And, and it's actually seeking healing through those experiences is there what, what do you think about yeah no it, it's a powerful example you just gave and a powerful metaphor i know from my own life in my childhood there was this um there was there were several experiences where um i i i, I made mistakes and um i received quite harsh judgment or criticism for these mistakes. So it gave me, there was an experience there as a young boy, there was an experience of, okay, I'm, I'm not allowed to, I'm not allowed to make mistakes. Right. And it started to create a fear of fucking up, of messing up. And, and this is very early on childhood. And then I would notice in my intimate life, a fear arising, right. A fear coming up, in the in a moment realizing oh fuck i've messed up again i fucking messed up again and i would notice myself saying in a conversation to my woman yeah i fuck it all up and i mess everything up in a moment of totally of course hijacked by my shadow i wasn't talking consciously but i was pausing for when i was like whoa who is talking right now and and like you said that's a young boy from a very past experience that um that's asking for acknowledgement. Yeah. That's asking for love in that moment. And it's also, I like what the word you said, frozen, right? Because if you look at that, like you said, when we push that part away, so let's say we've got a really challenging experience. Let's use that example of fucking up, messing up or whatever. And it creates this idea of, I, I can't make mistakes or something along those lines. Um, and we don't do any work around this, then like you mentioned, it's almost like frozen, it's stuck. Yeah. So we, 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 we mature in many other areas, we, we, we become adults, but that part is still seven years old. Yeah. <laughs> and the seven year old is showing up 
than in relationship. And yeah. it needs to be unfrozen, so to speak. So, and this is what I what I call integration, right? We are we are kind of unfreezing that part, and we're integrating that part. So, um, yeah, yeah, and, and absolutely, and this can show up in in so many ways, right? And it can be very very hard to spot because when we're totally taken by the storm, there comes a a strong intensity with this. But yes. It's this ultimately. Yeah, it feels almost like, you know, we in the linear timeline that we exist in, you know, right now it's eleven twenty-two AM CT and I'm thirty-five years old. And there it is. That's all you know, that's all you need to know about 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 this present experience and like who I am. But I I, I, I it feels almost like you are every day of your life and every day of your parents' life. And you're not just 35 years old. You know, it's like you're seven years old. And you're <laughs> In certain situations, yes, this is the and thing. And, and, and it seems like when there's um, you know, trauma in at one's life, which trauma, how would you define trauma? I have my own definition of trauma, but how would you define mm. trauma? I love the, this is not my definition. Um, but I love there is a there is a definition. Um, it's not it's not it's not that literally. Well, I don't have the exact exact quote right now in my head. But I love there is something along those lines. Too fast, too quickly, um, too too rapid to process for for our mind, for our nervous system, for our heart, for our yeah. soul, depending on how spiritual you want to get here. But yeah. something along those lines, an experience too painful, too yeah. intense for all levels, mind, body, soul. Yeah. And so it feels to me, and I'm, I wonder your perspective on this, but it feels like when we have, that would be essentially my definition of trauma as well, slash, like, you know, I've gathered my from like Peter Levine and Bessel van der Kolk and other people as well. But um, it seems as though when a person experiences some, some, happening that was too much to process yes and you just instead of actually allowing it to flow and allowing it to move and be able to breathe through it uh and be able to find like reason and like aha like i can digest this if it's not digested it stops and so i i, I it feels almost perhaps like a, a an individual if they say they're 35 years old the moments in their life whether it was in infancy, whether it was when they were three years old, they were potty training and they were shamed about it or something when they were, well, I guess that'd be like one years old, but one to two years old, you know, or when they were 13 and they got fill in the blank thing, like all of the, or the, the sexual abuse or the shame. Or Can I put the, in an like, example here? Yeah, please. Yeah. And a typical example when I work with clients is for people who experience a really, really tough time in their intimate life is um, that their first relationship ever ended with a really intense rejection. Hmm. That's a very common thread that I see with people who experience immense difficulty, trusting, opening themselves to intimacy, keeping a guard up or becoming overly attached. It's right. It's often one extreme or the other. It's yeah. protected. Some people go into immense protecting themselves and distance, hyper-independence. Other people move into overly attached, overly needy, right? 
And we want to kind of find that sweet spot where we are securely attached, where we open ourselves, but at the same time, we keep a sense of independence, nurture our own unique, powerful and authentic truth, right? But the example I want to give is first experience, maybe 13, 14, 15, 16 year old, kind of, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever that is, right? It's not a real relationship, but whatever experience that was, and then any form of rejection, perhaps that person saying, it could be something as ridiculous as you stink, whatever. I don't know, you know, when, but that could, we're laughing about this, but that when you're 15, 16 years old can cause an incredible abandonment wound. It can, it can just create incredible trauma. And from that day on, every relationship is, is there, there's, it's, it's the moment anything related to dating, intimacy, or love feels hostile, feels entirely unsafe, creates immense anxiety. And yeah, that's, that's very painful to experience. Yeah. And the pain, I, I, I believe, is an invitation for, for healing. Yes. And sometimes pain can be an invitation for, you know, I'm just being cut by a violent abuser and like stop and like that you know like there's exactly. not just, okay lean deeper into the pain there's there's nuance to all of it but my my feeling with the kind of like the analogy of that you know you're you're every year every day every you know second of your life you're not just this static age those micro moments or maybe macro moments of traumas throughout one's life where you kind of stop temporarily stop processing I believe those turn into uh, held contractions or blockages that uh, becomes baggage. And some people have way more baggage than others. Yes. But it feels like the process and the journey of relationship with oneself and then the reflection of, of intimacy, if you're courageous enough to actually engage in intimacy, um, is a almost like a reflection and a, and a, and a reintegration of those parts. And a person that perhaps comes into a place of, maybe you could call it enlightenment, you know, for lack of better words, um, but like ease, fulfillment, integration, connection, you know, all of that, uh, likely perhaps could be someone that has integrated all of those aspects from their past selves that they weren't able to process. And they did the quote unquote work to actually go through and say, okay, I'm going to sit with this. Okay, I'm going to sit with this. Okay, I'm going to sit with this until you're actually a whole person. And that the meaning of health comes from an old English word. It sounds like help, something like that. And it means whole, whole, you know, to be whole. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, the way, the way I like, I, I see this showing up, not just in my own life, but in other people's life, in clients, groups, is the more we awaken, the more we do the deep inner work, right? Um, it's almost like we can have a trauma being activated within us and it's intense, but at the same time, there is an awareness of the trauma. We're not being sucked into the storm, fully identified and projecting and for hours totally in a drama, we can literally notice, okay, wow, there is something really intense going on at the moment inside me and then we can regulate in these moments because we have that awareness and this is where the journey becomes 
where, where it becomes more playful, where they can become more joyful. Because often people get very, in this work, very serious, you know, very serious. And I used to be very serious about my healing work. Oh, my God, that fucking trauma, it's fucking killing me. No, again, and I need to do this. It's like, no, wait a moment. There comes a moment in the journey, I would like to say, not about looking for enlightenment, but trusting that there comes a moment where there is more grace, there is more ease in this journey. So yes, the trauma becomes activated, but it doesn't become this full blown out intense conflict and sabotaging and running or anything along those lines or over neediness or anything. But instead, it's something that you're aware of and you can release. I want to take a moment and share about something that has truly made a massive difference in my life as of recent. That is going through the diagnostic process with LifeForce. LifeForce is a health optimization company that is bringing a personalized approach to help you take control of your health. It all starts with the LifeForce Diagnostic, a comprehensive blood test that measures over 40 biomarkers that impact your mental and physical health, from your nutrient levels to hormone balance to key risk factors for disease and much more. The LifeForce Diagnostic gave me a snapshot of precisely what the heck is happening inside of my body. Then the next step, I jumped on a call with a Life Force functional medicine doctor, and she was absolutely amazing. I asked her a whole gamut of questions, and uh, it's probably a pretty annoying patient, I would say, because I just kept asking questions and she kept having answers. She was incredibly welcoming, incredibly sweet, and just really brilliant with the information. Um, so she mapped out a very clear, concise plan uh, for me. Uh, she was working with me, I think it, I just felt very supported the whole time. Uh, some of the things that we saw there was a deficit with me was particularly DHEA uh, and then also omegas. So they got me on a couple nutraceuticals and I swear to God, um, I since starting these guys, I feel um, almost uncomfortable saying it like this because it's an ad, but it truly made a massive difference. My word recall, my energy levels, my libido um, has has significantly shifted since starting. So I'm freaking excited and I would absolutely implore any of y'all to at least get the diagnostic done so you can get that snapshot of what's going on inside of your blood, what is going on inside of your biology so you're not guessing. You know exactly what's happening and then you can start making decisions from there. If you'd like to get 15% off, uh, you can go to mylifeforce.com. That's M-Y-L-I-F-E-F-O-R-C-E.com and then use align code at checkout for 15% off. And that is a very meaningful 15% off as well. So I can't recommend it enough. I think you guys are going to really dig it. I think it's going to be really amazing for your own health journey. Jump over to mylifeforce.com and use the align code for 15% off. How do you, how does one, what are the, the steps towards um, release? in that context. Yeah. The important thing here, um, and we just have got to have to be mindful of time. Yeah, we here, run. But, yeah, but but yeah, let me, like let, me answer, let me answer that question, brother, because it's a very yeah. important one. Um, when it comes to processing trauma, we need to be very, very, very mindful. Because the whole idea of just sitting with it feel it and you heal it is actually kind of uh, 
pro-science advice because for some people, trauma, as we talked about before, too fast, too intense, too painful to process, right? Sitting and feeling it just keeps them in the loop of the trauma response. Mm. Because what is happening? There is a lack of safety. Processing our trauma needs safety. Without any fundamental, it doesn't feel amazing. You're not going to feel blissed out while you do it. But it needs some fundamental level of safety. And if that level of safety is not there and you are just sitting there and feeling it and you're totally unsafe in your own body, just stay stuck in the trauma loop. For some people, feeling is healing. They have come to a level of awareness or whatever, right? You don't have to go too deep into that. Yes, when they sit down and feel it, they can process it and release it. But then, of course, comes the thing about movement, right? Somatic healing, just yeah. sitting can also be an expression of being stuck in that moment, right? You want to trauma is stored in the body and just staying still and right. <laughs> shoulders up and totally tensed. But the most important thing is safety. So for some people, for instance, the only way to process their trauma might be for doing something like EMDR or through somatic, um, tr uh, somatic healing or trauma release breath work. And these, depending on the individual, are ways how they can safely start to process that. And as we safely start to process it, then we can sit more easier on our own with it, feel it and kind of process and integrate in those moments. But that's not always the case for everyone. It's just very important for people to be mindful of this. The key yeah. word is safety. There needs yeah. to be a fundamental level of safety. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, ma'am. Um, I'd love to keep on doing these with you because I really enjoy these conversations. And I want to you know, just invite uh, folks to uh, talking about stuff like this and experiencing going through things like this. It makes me feel like what I do in the world of educating people around exercise and movement and, you know, the somatic aspect of it, it is very valuable, but without the embodied, you know, implicit, deep emotional aspects, I think it's, you're, you're you haven't even begun yeah. and, you know, or maybe you, I mean, you've, you've begun, but it's, you haven't actually gotten into like the, the actual deep healing work and until, um, you know, you start this internal work. And so I so greatly appreciate you being such an amazing beacon for people like me. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Um, and you, where, where, where could people go to go deeper into your work? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, best way to find about my offerings is just to go on lorincren.com or lorincren.com. How do you spell that? Slash trainings. It's L-O-R-I-N. K-R-E-W-N.com slash trainings. Right. And you can find me, Lorin Kren, on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok as well. Instagram main platform um, and where all the announcements are as well. And um, upcoming, I've got a Healing the Mother Wound workshop upcoming on the yeah. on the 8th of January and the 15th. And then also the Awaken Masculine program end of January and the Awaken Feminine program. But all of this can be found on lorincren.com slash trainings amazing all right i appreciate you i would go as far as to say that i love you and, uh... <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah man i look forward to seeing you again see you soon again thank you brother all right thank you all for tuning in and that is it that is all
hope that conversation was as meaningful to you as it was for me. Uh, I want to invite you guys to start the free trial of the Align Method Online program, which is launching early January. I have been working on this thing diligently for the last eight months. It is the proudest thing that I've created, at least in the digital space. And the first week is absolutely free. We are accepting 500 people into the program. It will sell out. The reason that we're only accepting 500 people into this round is because I will be going through the program with you. So each week we will be going through a Q&A with me where I will answer any questions that you guys have about the exercises that we go over in each week. Uh, the first week is absolutely free. So on there, you can get yourself a movement assessment. You can learn the mobility fundamentals that every person ought to have in their toolbox. And uh, it's very exciting. So you can jump on the waiting list if you want to get into that. That is over at alignpodcast.com slash AMP. I would implore anyone just to go through the free trial just so you can get yourself a movement baseline, understand your range of motion in all your major joints of your body and understand those mobility fundamentals. So jump over to alignpodcast.com slash AMP for that and I'll see you there.